You know that thing that always gets you, that one thing that you keep going back to and back to, but you keep trying to get over it, whether it's a bad habit or a recurring thought or a temptation that you want to overcome or a constant craving for high sugar foods, or you struggle to be consistent in exercising or keeping your house clean. The common theme here between all of these things that I just listed off is that you've likely been frustrated with a lack of willpower to overcome something that feels hard. You might be frustrated because you see, I don't know, maybe other people are doing it and it seems so easy to them and maybe you've done it before. So why can't you do it now? Why can't you do it? Why is it so hard? Willpower is a big word in today's self-improvement world, isn't it? But if it's such a common topic and it's apparently so attainable to strengthen your willpower, then why is it so darn hard? Well, I want to dive into willpower today. Let's talk about what willpower is, why it's so hard to master, and how you can actually build willpower that is realistic and lasts and makes it easier for you to continue to build willpower in other aspects of life. No BS, okay? No stereotypical, annoying self-help buzz phrases. I think they're annoying. Just real talk, real change with the help of psychology and experience. Welcome back to Unlimited, or welcome for the first time to anybody who is listening to their very first episode. Thank you for being here. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, follow me on Instagram, DM me any questions that you have on Instagram. I'm going to start answering those questions here in the podcast because, I mean, I can message you back on Instagram, but I get a lot of repeat questions or questions that are very similar, so I'm going to start addressing them here so I can dive in deeper and give you the answers that you want to hear. So I'll have uh, some of that at the end of this episode. But right now, let's talk about willpower. So the official definition, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is control exerted to do something or restrain impulses. So apparently that is the official definition of willpower. So we feel that lack of willpower is the reason for our failures a lot of the time. That's why we tend to beat ourselves up about our failures. We feel like it's just because we lack willpower. And guess what? Often we are right, but it's so natural and so normal to lack willpower. It doesn't make you a crappy person. You just don't know exactly how to master willpower. You don't know how to tap into that part of the brain. I want to teach you all about that. And we try to wheel our way through our impulses. And you know what? Sometimes it works. Sometimes we do wheel our way through our impulses and we're successful and we feel off and we feel awesome. But usually it doesn't work. Why? Why is that? Why are we so wired to not be able to build our willpower. Well, your brain is designed to do the easiest thing accessible to it, the comfortable thing. Your brain is designed to make the comfortable choice. It takes less energy, and your brain thinks that taking less energy and doing the comfortable thing is what is going to keep you alive. That is what your brain is in the business to do. And when I'm, when I'm talking about your brain in this episode, I'm referring mostly to your hind brain, your primitive brain, the part of your brain that hasn't really evolved a lot. 
Our brains really haven't evolved that much when it comes to our survival instincts, but the world around us is a completely different world than it was back when this part of our brain was so needed to be the way that it is. So this causes a ton of problems in our modern society. Now, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here because, in fact, many industries make millions of dollars off of our brain's instinct to exert as little energy as possible. I mean, really, nowadays, if you think about it, if you think about it, much of our innovation as the human race comes down to inventing something that helps us do less and think less and give us it gives us more immediate comfort which our brains like. Like for example, instead of going outside and feeling the weather to see what the weather is like today, looking at the clouds and seeing what where the clouds are blowing, what's coming in next, I can just google the current conditions. And you know what? Let's take that a step further because in recent years, instead of sitting down and putting all of the effort into Googling what the weather is going to be like, now I can just sit and ask Alexa. And making music. Uh, many, Some of you know that I am a musician. I play the guitar and I sing. And I play a little bit of piano. And making music is different now. Instead of learning to play an instrument, I can just create those sounds on a computer. Even more, now, instead of actually sitting down and creating those sounds on a computer of, you know, taking different guitar chords or taking different piano chords or chord progressions, now I can get pre-made tracks. Like, I don't have to learn to play the drums. I can get pre-made drum tracks and put those in a program. You know, we're constantly innovating and creating a lazier culture. And in some ways, it's great, and it actually helps us. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's really nice that I can just grab a pre-made drum track, and I don't have to learn the drums. That's nice. In some ways, it helps me be more creative. But it also takes away the experience of actually learning to do that. And it has created a lazier culture, but it works, and it's profitable because our brains like it. So willpower is honestly becoming more difficult for us through the generations because we're making life so much easier on our brains and our brains don't have to really exercise and grow and expand and work on willpower nearly as often as they did even 20, 30, 40 years ago, which isn't that much time. Willpower is a skill. Yeah. And I've, I've even said that before. Willpower is a skill, but More so, willpower is also an art. It's a strategy. There's more to willpower than just shoving our way through an impulse and coming out on the other side victorious. And we think that that's all willpower is. And so we're like, ah, why can't I just do it? Why don't I just have this willpower? Why am I so weak? So why is it so hard to do that? Why is it that you can will your way through a meal without easing tons, eating sorry, tons of processed crap and feeling amazing? And then later that same day after, after you had that meal where it was like, it was perfect. You felt so good about your choices. And then later that day, your willpower just seems to have left and you don't care anymore. And you just binge on fake food for the rest of the night because you just don't care. You know, your willpower is just not there anymore by the time like five o'clock hits. It's not even a different day. Man, it's the same day. What changed? Well, what changed was you have 
more decision fatigue by the end of the day. And I've talked about decision fatigue a lot. Your brain has a limited capacity to make decisions. Well, willpower is a decision. And often, whatever the decision that you got to make with willpower is a tough decision. So, of course, this comes to naturally, how do we ease decision fatigue that we get by the end of the day so that we can have better willpower? Well, we eliminate unnecessary decisions. And this is something I've talked about before. I've even talked about it within the last few weeks. I've mentioned decision fatigue and eliminating unnecessary decisions so that we we preserve that energy in our brain for our important decisions. Okay, so how do we make willpower easier? Same thing. We eliminate unnecessary obstacles that require more unnecessary willpower, like what outfit we're going to wear that morning or what breakfast we're going to eat that day. We might just eat the same thing for breakfast every single morning so that we don't have to think about it. We don't have to exercise so much willpower and we have more energy to put into other things that will require more willpower when we're outside of our controlled environment. This is what happens when you take all of the junk food and get it out of your house. Now you don't have to exercise as much willpower because it's not there in your home. All right, that's great and all. But now what about when you leave your house and you're at work and there's junk food on in the kitchen at work or when there's junk food at your parents' house when you go to visit? What happens? You binge. And I, I mean, I'm talking about sugar and junk food and processed food, because that is an easy topic to apply to so many other different problems or goals that you might be trying to go for. It's so easy to apply to almost anything, right? So I'm just using this generic example of processed food and binging and trying to just put healthier food in your body. So curating your environment around your house is a good thing, and it will help with teaching yourself discipline And I talk about that a lot. Environment is a big factor in whether or not you will succeed at exercising willpower. And the reason we often will binge or indulge in our impulses when we're out of our curated environment is because we haven't surfaced, observed, and changed our values and subconscious beliefs about this impulse. And this is what I really want to talk about and get into the meat of. If I'm trying to cut out highly refined sugars just because I know they're unhealthy and I label them as unhelpful to my goals, that's a start, that's good, and that will help me stay motivated in the beginning. But eventually, I'm going to get cravings so big It'll be five o'clock. I've had a long day. I've got some decision fatigue. I've made really good decisions when it comes to my food all day long. But I'm going to get these cravings when I'm sitting in front of the TV and I'm winding down and my mind wanders. And these cravings will get so big that I'll think, what's the use? Life's not worth living if I can't indulge in this sugary goodness every day. And these cravings suck. And constantly trying to will my day through them sucks. I'd rather just have the sugar and go on with my day. I mean, come on, I'm exhausted. I just want to taste something good and feel satisfied. Does that sound so familiar? I mean, I've experienced this. So what are my subconscious thoughts and values around this? Why is my foundation not strong enough for me to stick to this goal that I've 
been wanting so bad and I had such high motivation for in the beginning. What is driving my choices? Well, we focus on the choices themselves here, the choice of, I'm just going to choose better food. We focus so much on that choice more than we focus on what drives our choices. Why do I keep going back to eating high amounts of refined sugar, even though I know it's poison for my body? Well, that might be because my subconscious value behind all of these actions is this. I like the idea of not being addicted to sugar, but I'd rather have the immediate comfort of consuming sugar than experience the long-term effect of not consuming lots of sugar. That's going to ultimately drive my decisions when my willpower is weak and I'm tired of exercising it. I'm going to revert to that subconscious value of mine that I have not addressed. We can make game plans for those moments when our willpower is weak, and that's smart, and I've talked about that before too. We can make plans for those moments when our willpower is weak for accountability, and that's when curating our environment, getting rid of all of our junk food comes in. That helps. That's important. But this episode right now today is for those who not only want to do that, but they want to take it a step further, and now they also want to strengthen their willpower alone when all of those things are not there. So willpower is strengthened when you first change the subconscious values that drive your willpower. Okay, isn't that a powerful statement? I'm going to say that again. Willpower is strengthened when you change beforehand the subconscious values deep in your brain that drive your willpower that you're not thinking about all the time. I can take this value of mine and I can observe it not from a critical standpoint, just look at it in a non-judgmental way. This is something that I've learned to do a lot in meditation, pulling something out and just looking at it and just thinking, huh, what, what am I seeing here? I like the idea of not being addicted to sugar, but I'd rather have the immediate comfort of consuming sugar than experience the long-term effect of not consuming lots of sugar. So if that's my value that I'm looking at, what in this value is going to help me? What's going to hurt me? What do I want to change? It might help to write it down. That's what I did. That's where I got this one because this was something of my own. I want instead my value to be maybe I love my body too much to consume something that I know is hurting it. Sometimes I'll have some sugar because life is short and I love chocolate cake. I mean, I do. I love chocolate cake. But honestly, I don't need it all the time to be happy. And there is so much more to love in life than sugar. Okay, so maybe that's the value and the subconscious that I want to drive my choices and to drive my willpower. But that's kind of wordy. All right, so maybe I can condense that down to something more bite-sized. Maybe I can condense that down to, I love my body and I will feed it mostly nourishing foods that fuel it. I'll enjoy treats every now and then, but I don't want them very often. Now you need to make sure that it's a value that you actually really can believe. Don't BS yourself. Your brain will catch on to that and it's not going to work. 
maybe I don't believe that I'm not going to want processed sugars very often. So instead of that part, maybe I can change that, fix that to something that I know my brain can actually believe. So I won't have this cognitive dissonance in my brain. So maybe I can take this same statement, all right, and I am actually reading it, and I I went through and I changed things, and so I'm reading you what I actually changed. So I I can work with this one. I love my body, and I will feed it mostly nourishing foods that fuel it. I'll enjoy treats every now and then, and I'll probably crave them sometimes. I can believe that, right? But I don't always have to give in, and the feeling will pass, and I'll be just fine. That's something I can believe that is realistic, but it still gets me to where I want to go. I like that. I can really believe that one. I don't feel like I'm forcing it. I don't feel like I'm like my brain is going to talk me out of it when I'm weaker because it's true. And I know it's true. I'm not lying to myself. I'm not trying to force myself to think something that feels unnatural to me. Now, this is when you write it down. Write your final draft down of this belief that you want. Put it as a labeled alarm on your phone that goes off three times a day. Make it your phone's wallpaper. Write it on a sticky note and slap that thing on your mirror or on your microwave or both. You know, Read it so often that you memorize it. And it kind of gets old. You kind of get sick of seeing it. Because this is why language is important. Words are important. Language and words and semantics are how we make sense of the world, and it's how we connect our world and our thoughts and emotions and paint the picture that is our perception of life. So you need to get those words into your eyeballs and into your brain so often that they become your subconscious beliefs. They become your values. Now, if you combine curating your environment to help you have less decision fatigue, like getting all the junk food out of your house, if you combine combine that with making your personal deep values consistent with your goals, you tie it all together, you make it all work together, that is when you really get some good willpower exercise going. Because you are exercising your willpower. You're strengthening it. How do you strengthen something? You go somewhere where you have things to use to exercise. You get some weights. You get some music playing. You get in that outfit that makes you feel good. You get ready to exercise and you go and you exercise. This is you building your gym, getting your exercise equipment, getting your playlist written for your willpower. That's what this is. That's what you're doing. You're curating your environment. You're taking a good look at your subconscious beliefs and you are curating that so that you can actually really get some true willpower exercise going. Willpower isn't just about muscling through impulses, though that's sometimes how it is and that's part of it, but it's deeper than that. Willpower is about connecting your brain to your values and getting through the hard stuff because you know what you want, you know who you are, you know what you represent, and you're more hungry for that long-term outcome than you are for that quick satisfaction of giving into an impulse, right? You gotta want it. You gotta be hungry for it. You've gotta get excited about that willpower. And when it feels like it's getting weak, 
You've got to connect back to your values that you have obnoxiously written all over your house and on your phone and on your microwave and on your mirror, you know, all of those places. It's a strategy. It's an art. It's not something that comes natural to most people. It's something we exercise and we figure out how our own unique brain works. You need to really get to know yourself on a subconscious level and not live on the surface trying to force willpower to happen when it's inconsistent with your deeply held values. It's not going to happen. This is why not everybody can master willpower because you really do have to put real time and energy into it. This is why a select population in the human race really gets willpower and really gets on that other side. The everyday person doesn't really have the motivation to do this, do they? That's why it's so natural for most of the population to give in to our impulses because the everyday person isn't willing to do this work, but you are. You're willing to do this work and that's how you will level up and that's how you will become an extraordinary person. That's what it takes. And if you don't want to do the work, and if you don't want to get to that next level, then you're just going to keep doing the same thing you've always been doing, and you are not going to get there. That's where we get this personal accountability. And that's where I get excited. Because I'm like, I have all of the capability of doing this. I have all of the capability of leveling up and exercising my brain and becoming the kind of person that I want to be. I have all the capability of anybody else in the world. Anybody. From Bill Gates to the President of the United States to Beyonce to the guy down the street who has a successful business to the chick down the street who has an awesome body and is super healthy and so happy. I have all of the power in the world to do what they're doing. It just is going to take me getting off my butt and doing it. It just takes that extra 10% effort. That's something my husband and I were talking about the other day. It's just that, that extra oomph, that extra little bit of effort in the day is what's going to set you apart. It's that extra five minutes of actually sitting down and doing the mental work that's going to do it for you. If you're not hungry, get hungry. Reach deep into your brain, pull out those subconscious thoughts that might look a little ugly and embarrassing. (laughs) You gotta, you gotta pull that out. You gotta unscramble them. You gotta make them look like something you actually want to live with in your subconscious. You got to put those beliefs and values that you've unscrambled and you've made look pretty back into your brain and get excited to now learn to exercise willpower with those new, stronger, better values to support your willpower and your decisions. Because now it's something you really believe in and it's something that you really will make your life better. And there's really no reason to not be excited if you've customized those values in your subconscious to make your own life better the way that you want it. I can get excited about the belief that I don't need to always give into my cravings and there's something so much better on the other side. And I'll survive just fine without eating that super processed, poor excuse for food. I'll survive. 
I'll be fine because I want to feel good in my body, in my brain. I want energy. I want to feel young. I want, you know, I, I want to be that person and I can't wait to get there. And that is now in my subconscious because I've trained my subconscious and I believe it. And I'll have some cravings, but I want what's on the other side of them so much more. When I have that in my subconscious, when that is my true value that I can get behind and I can believe, willpower is way easier to exercise. And you know what? Willpower and your values go hand in hand. You will not master willpower if it's disconnected from your values. And you're just going to try to muscle through all the time. Some people can do that, but the vast majority of people can't. So connect it with your values. That's how you're going to get it. That's how your willpower is going to get stronger. And then you can exercise your, your willpower. And from there, the moments when you do have to muscle through, you're going to get better at that too because that part of your brain is stronger. Those neural pathways in your brain are much more substantial. All right, now let's get into this Q&A that I talked about. So I'm going through my Instagram and I get a lot of DMs of personalized questions. And I used to go through and just give everybody really detailed answers, but that's starting to take up a lot of time. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take questions that I kind of see repeated and I'm going to isolate those and I'm going to address them here. So I'm, I'm going to take one question from somebody that I got yesterday and I get this question often. So now in the future, when somebody asks me a question like this, I can direct them to this episode. All right. So I, I hope I'm saying this correctly. Mel Gray is the username, M-E-L-G-R-E-Y. Mel Gray asks me, I've been working out a lot lately, six days a week, one hour a day lifting weights, and I can't tell if I'm tired from exercising but should keep pushing through or if I should let off the gas and rest. How do you know whether you should take an extra rest day or when you should go work out tired? So I'm guessing you mean if you should go to the gym just tired. If I rested whenever I was tired and, quote, listened to my body, end quote, I feel like I would never work out. I have been there. <laughs> I've been there where I have the question, okay, I, I should listen to my body and rest, but I feel like every single day I just want to stay home and rest. I don't want to go work out. Been there. So if I'm, I've, I'm getting here that you're wondering if you've if you're experiencing exercise burnout and you should rest some more, or if you're just tired and your brain is being a little lazy and you should just get up and go work out anyway. So this is a tough one because it will vary a lot depending on a lot of other factors going on in your life, details that I don't have here, like your, your lifestyle. What do you do for work? What's your diet? Where are you in your menstrual cycle? Um, what medications are you taking? If you're female, are you taking birth control? What kind of exercise are you doing when you do work out? What are you doing when you rest? What is your sleep like? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things will affect your energy levels and that will also affect your experience when it comes to exercise. So that's something that you're going to have to kind of consider um, while you're listening to this answer. But 
I want to give you some signs of overexercising so that you can kind of use that as a reference. So some common signs of overexercising include things like weight gain, and I don't mean muscle gain. I mean you actually feel weaker, but you are retaining water. That is, uh, that happens after a hard workout day when you're building muscle back, but, but if you are retaining a lot of water for a prolonged amount of time and you're just feeling weaker and weaker in the gym, that is a sign of overexercising. And if you've got that along with some sleep problems, some insomnia, if it takes you longer to recover from exercise, like your muscles are sore for longer and you just feel weak and they don't feel strong very fast, it's harder for you to bounce back from your workouts. Um, if you're having dramatic appetite changes, like you just crave everything and you just want to eat and eat and eat and you, you crave unhealthy foods or on the opposite end, if you just have no appetite. Um, and again, if you have decreased performance in the gym or in whatever you're doing, if you are an athlete, if you're a dancer, if you're doing CrossFit, whatever it is, if, if you're a runner, if you have decreased performance for a, a while, for a couple of weeks or more, these are signs that you could be overexercising. So the bottom line, if it's been a while and you're just not enjoying it, and you're just getting worse in the gym, and it's not enhancing your life, you might be over-exercising. Or you also might be exercising wrong. Now, when I say wrong, I don't mean you're using the wrong form or you're exercising incorrectly. I mean you are not exercising in a way that you like, that your body likes, that is enhancing your life for your personality and your lifestyle and your interests. So I say this a lot, but... Exercise most days should excite you. When I was a when I was training in a gym, um, as a personal trainer, I tried to kind of I tried to um, compose exercise regimens that excited my clients, that made them happy, that they enjoyed. I didn't force them to do something they didn't like. Exercise should make you happy. It should make life better. You'll have your unhelpful days. <laughs> when you go work out, you'll have your bad days when it's just not working. But for the most part, it should raise your endorphins. It should raise your energy levels and it should make you feel healthier. If exercising is not making you feel healthier, you need to change something. Find a different form of exercise to incorporate. Like maybe you could try HIT if you're not doing it already. You could try circuit training. You could go exercise outside. You could try bodyweight workouts like bar exercises. You could go hiking. Maybe you could try different kinds of weightlifting. There's so many different ways to weightlift. Maybe you can shorten your workouts to 30 minutes instead of an hour. You really don't need to be working out an hour unless you enjoy that. The recommended amount of time is 30 minutes a day, five days a week for the average adult. So, Try just working out for 30 minutes and just condensing everything. Make sure you stay hydrated and sure, take an extra rest day. I mean, if you're exercising six days a week, you can afford an extra rest day. That's fine. Try some of this out for a couple of weeks. See how you feel. If it's not working for you, change things up again. Just because the workout regimen you're doing worked for someone else or even just because it worked for you in the past doesn't mean it's going to work for you who you are today, what your body is like now. All right, I hope that helped. That's a wrap on this one. Thanks for sticking around to the end. You guys are my people, all of you who listen to the end. 
You are my tribe. I love you guys. I'll talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.